it's a problem that a lot of organizations run into, right? Like job descriptions are usually marketing fluff, right? <laughs> and the resume mm -hmm. is the employee or candidate's answer to that, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, right, this job is great. Well, I'm great. And so I should do this great job, right? Mm -hmm. And so validation becomes a real uh, sticking point with yeah. a lot of organizations. Uh, and so that ability to not only network, but then have the, the fruits of that net network be reflected on your skill profile, I think is, is super important, right? Welcome, 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 everyone, and happy Thursday from me to you. Uh, this, of course, is your weekly look at all things talent acquisition, talent management, human resources, artificial intelligence. It's a little show we like to call Talent Experience Live, and I am your host, Devin Foster. When all of us begin our careers, we have large aspirations of growing within an organization and continuing to really reap the benefits of staying at a, a company for a long time. But oftentimes that doesn't happen. I, I see stats on you know, Twitter and, excuse me, X and LinkedIn all the time about the average tenure being two years or less for an employee. So today uh, we're going to talk about how to fix that, how to have people stay a little bit longer at your organization and how skills ties into that. And I have a very special guest joining me today, uh, part-time limo driver, full-time senior director of product marketing here at Phenom. I'd like to welcome on John Deal to the program. How are you, sir? I am well, sir. How are you? I'm fantastic. I hope our audience is fans of Dumb and Dumber because I went a little heavy on the references there and I want to apologize <laughs> if anyone is not. Um, but John, I, you've been here quite a while at Phenom. I have indeed. I have. Um, I, I want to ask you, uh, before we dive into you know career pathing skills, all of that, how how long has it been that you've been a member of the, the Phenom team here? I just celebrated my four-year uh, anniversary last month, actually. Congratulations. So I made the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> you have. You are ready to win yet another gold medal uh, and right. add it to your trophy case. Uh, John, I know we, we talked today, um, both of us have had quite long careers here at Phenom and, and different stories, different paths, if you will. Um, so if it's all right with you, I'd like to kind of go back and forth with questions on, you know, how our career paths have changed, how skills have tied into it. And I, I really want to, you know, showcase how when people grow their careers, it's not a straight line. It's not the ladder system or anything along those lines. Is that, is that okay with you to be a little bit different today i think it's uh i i think people have their hands full with us too if they were <laughs> expecting some type of ladder discussion because we have uh we've certainly take the taken the uh circuitous route uh here we, we certainly have um speaking of which uh we put the not normal or the not and not normal here at phenom but you mentioned you've been here for about you know four years how many roles do you have mm -hmm. uh let's see mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I might have to take my shoes off. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, so this is technically my fourth role. Okay. Um, fourth different role. Right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Different departments as a whole or different positions? What, what's the... So, yeah, I have had different positions. I've been in different departments. Uh, you know, the uh, Phenom has been fortunate in that we have grown uh, over the past four years. Mm -hmm. 
um, the pandemic uh, was uh, cruel to us and then kind to us, uh, like Nick Lowe. So um, as the company has grown, there's been a lot of uh, different uh, parts of the organization that have changed. We've re reorganized, we've created new departments. Uh, and so I've had an opportunity not just to move within uh, my department, but into other departments and even into brand new roles that never existed in the organization before. That's exciting. Um, I my first tenure at Phenom, I think, was was four years. And then I took a sabbatical, <laughs> I like to call it, um, and came back. And now I'm right around, I think, a year and a half. So um, I can completely relate that neither of us have had a, a straight line path. I think I've had three separate roles um, in two separate departments. So um, it's interesting that the you know, our paths have crossed so much. We make jokes in, in team meetings about, you know, how we've been involved in different departments and we know people that other people don't know because Phenom's grown so much. Um, but overall, it, has there been, for you at least, challenges from, from moving around in an organization like this? Um, or have you, you know, kind of added it as a badge of honor to yourself? Uh, no, I mean, I think that historically, uh, a lot of people would say that they had to leave a company in order to find their next role. That seems to be the general trend that we hear. Uh, you see all the stats and things like that. Um, so uh, I am very uh, fortunate that I have been given different opportunities in the organization, but also that I have been able to find them myself, right? Uh, so... Um, we drink our own champagne or Kool-Aid hover, whatever the latest saying is. Somebody said, I, somebody was on a call yesterday where they said the dogs drink, the, I don't know, they <laughs> needed help with their analogies. But um, we sell HR software for yes. employees yeah. and we use that software internally. And uh, it really does make things a lot easier when you when you sit down and you're like, oh, I've been doing this for 18 months or for two years or whatever. And you're like, what else is out there? Is there an opportunity or do I need to look internally? And, um, and fortunately for us, because the software is front and center, a lot of people in the organization are very easily able to see like, oh, there is opportunity here. And I, there, I don't necessarily need to start shopping around. Yeah. No, I, I mean, from my experience, I did shop around, right? Like I, I will be very frank with that. And there's the expression, which the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Um, this is, that's not a slight to the organization that I joined or anything like that, but it just wasn't a match for me. It was remote work. Um, and although I had done a little, I had a little bit of experience, uh, back in 2020, 2020, I don't know if you did with remote work where I experimented with, and I thought, Oh, this is great. <laughs> I can wear sweatpants. Turned out as we began to return to the office, it wasn't for me. I missed the culture that we've built here at Phenom. I missed the, excuse me, but skills that I would pick up on from sitting next to someone who had a different skill set than I did and, and things along those lines. So I can certainly relate to, to that aspect of, you know, drinking our own Kool-Aid where you're able to look across an organization and say, hey, I may not necessarily love my role right now, but I want to look and see what's here first, right? And a lot of organizations don't have that opportunity. You kind of sign up for the role that you're in and then you're stuck there. Am I way, way off with that? No. And, and in fact, I think you are a good example here. So let me turn the question back to you. Let's yeah. go back to your first role here at mm -hmm. Phenom. Yeah. And one of the things that happens is when you look at just somebody's role or their job title, you may miss out a lot on what they could do for the rest of the organization. Mm -hmm. So 
what was what was your first role here? I was a uh, an SDR or a business development representative, depending on what type of organization you're at and what they like to call it. But yeah, sales, uh, entry level sales. Yeah, and so within that job, you're doing a certain a certain uh, set of tasks every day, um, and uh, you know it may or may not go into uh, a, a progression to a team lead, right? Like mm -hmm. that's what we see here from a lot of sales development representatives. They become a team lead and then they might become a director of sales development. Mm -hmm. And we'll, and then eventually um, we have a nice vice president of uh, sales development. Yeah. He's a lovely gentleman. Um, but, uh, but that's not the path you took, yeah. right? So, so, so where did you end up going? So I went a roundabout way um, about it. I was had done the, the role for a year, uh, you know, cranking up cold calls, sending out emails, attending events. And oddly enough, I started making memes um, about Phenom and posting them on LinkedIn. And they, they caught the eye of you know some individuals on the marketing team. And it was asked to me if I wanted to take that route. It wasn't that the traditional path wasn't offered to me where it would be a team lead or you know work your way up. Uh, throughout the, the sales organization, maybe become an account manager or you know, account executive. That was still there, but it, it caught the attention of others. It was my skills that I, I kind of just volunteered that wouldn't show up, to, to your point, on a, a traditional SDR or BDR's resume, right? But um, I, I was the meme guy. That's the memes. <laughs> ridiculous, right? It's but I mean, you you bring up a very valid yeah. point, which is if I if I look at your work experience, I'm not going to see me. I'm yeah. going to see SDR, right? <laughs> and so, part of what's compelling about having the technology and capturing all the things that you're doing as part of that technology is that it turns up these skills, right? And it makes them visible to not only your manager but also to other people in the organization, right? Yeah. And so you now have an opportunity to move into an area that you might not have otherwise thought of. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people, they come in and they're like, I'm going to be a product manager and then I'm going to be a director and then I'm going to be a vice president and I'm going to be CEO. Right. That's, and then I'm, and then I'm retiring and then I'm done. Right. Yep. Like, mm -hmm. So, um, so the, you know, the, the, the mindset here and the, the power of what we do is that I think it, it really opens up that, Oh, maybe it's not straight. Maybe it's that way, right? Well, and I think uh, to to your point, when we work with enterprise level organizations, right, Fortune five hundred, the the biggest companies in the world, I know I've spoken to friends, you know, coworkers and other things where they apply to positions because the company has a great reputation, right? It's a Fortune five hundred company where they four hundred one k match, you know, people stay there for twenty thirty years, they retire. When you have an organization like that that has built such a great infrastructure for retaining employees, sometimes people will apply to jobs that aren't their dream role. They just want to get their foot in the door for an organization. And then, you know, before workforce intelligence and any of this was ever really talked about, they would do the old fashioned networking, right? They'd go to the holiday parties and say, oh, I want to be in marketing. I'm going to hang out over here and talk to them about that, right? That was kind of how I moved about because when I, switched from you know SDR to, to marketing, I don't think we had a, a fully flushed out workforce in, in workforce intelligence, right? That's that's how long I've been here. And now I look at it today and I think, oh, I can add my skills. Oh, I can add, you know, 
what skills I work on on the side, what I do for freelance, all sorts of things like that, and open myself up to other opportunities where now organizations don't necessarily have that, right? Am I way off there? No, I think I, I think it's certainly relevant. And it's not only uh, your ability to add skills, but it's also, it makes it easy for other people that know you to be able to contribute, right? So to endorse you for something you did, to give you praise for, you know, a TXL episode that you did uh, with John Beal that was highly rated, right? So, uh, so it's, it's, it's not only the data, but it's also the simplicity of interaction, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's how, how you can control your destiny very simply versus, you know, you have to go out and get a Christmas tree tie and maybe a jacket because you got to head down to downtown to the Christmas party and mm -hmm. spend four or five hours trying to <laughs> trying to think of jokes that are uh, suitable for work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, it is. And uh, to your point uh, where colleagues can recommend you, I, I think that it takes a lot of the pressure off of employees, right? We talk about traditional talent acquisition and people are going to put their best information on a resume, right? They are going, some folks may lie on a resume here or there. We don't encourage we, that we, behavior, um, but it, it has been done before. But when you're in an organization, um, you know, you're kind of held to what work you do, right? What deliverables you have made versus if you're helping somebody else out on the side, whether it's making memes, putting together a presentation or something like that, and they can add that skill on behalf of you. Now you have somebody that's vouching for you in the organization, which I think goes a long way rather than just checking boxes that say, I'm a great salesperson when you're like myself and, and maybe you're not because you don't like to get hung up on. Right. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it's um, it's a it's a problem that a lot of organizations run into. Right. Like so job descriptions are usually marketing fluff. Right. <laughs> and the resume mm -hmm. is the employee or a candidate's answer to that, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. the, the, right. This job is great. Well, I'm great. And so I should do this great job. Right. Mm -hmm. And so validation becomes a real uh, sticking point with yeah. a lot of organizations. Uh, and so that ability to not only network, but then have the, the fruits of that net network be reflected on your skill profile, I think is, is super important. Right. Not that, not that we don't believe that your memes were funny, um, I'm sure we can see some of them. The internet never goes away, yeah, but we uh, we'll see. Some of them weren't weren't the best. I, I won't. I, I don't want all of them to be resurfaced. But yes, I I I do agree. That's a, a challenge. Um, and you know, it, it, I think there's been with the influx of conversations around artificial intelligence, right? People are beginning to try and trick the the machines and and things like that where it's copy and paste your resume or your job description put it into a resume format and then just throw your name on top and it's really concerning for me working in this industry because i had experience in the past as a recruiter right and i wasn't the best recruiter either john if i'm going to be honest but one thing that i prided myself on was just having conversations with folks right and being able to get to know the real person and asking them if they can explain, you know, what they did in their roles or what separates them from other individuals. Um, and I think the ability to surface up your, your skills within an, a workforce intelligence and have you kind of be maybe floated to the top for a role that you didn't know you were considered for. And then you can have a conversation about it, see if it's right for you or if it's not. Um, that's the beauty of, of this sort of 
technology, I think, when it comes to the future where people are going to get opportunities that they may not have had before. Do you see it the same way um, where we're not trying to trick the machines? We're trying to use them in a way that helps us see everyone on a level playing field. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, th th there's there's a lot of FUD out there and some of it is not FUD. Some of it is legit. Like people are using this the wrong way. Yeah. I think you had Josh on a couple of weeks ago where he was explaining yes. some of the uh, the fallacies of mm -hmm. using it for legal practices. <laughs> um, but one of the beautiful things that AI can do is uh, it can find uh, trends that you can't, right? It's chewing through a ton of data. Mm -hmm. So, so even you, so you are now our social director, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Um, but what would you have put on your skills or resume, right? That might've led to, to, to social director. Would it have been, you know, um, you know, uh, LinkedIn post or, or memes or graphical design or whatever, mm -hmm. maybe you just would have put like, um, copywriter yeah. right because you're you're a pretty good writer the machine can go out and say well if he's a copywriter then he could probably put together marketing communications and mm -hmm. if he can put together marketing communications then he probably put together digital communications and then get you into the door a little bit faster by in, by inferring things that you probably have and can do yeah. that you might not just like you wouldn't have been that detailed in what you're putting down. Absolutely. Right? So I, and it's, it's interesting you, you raise that point because I've seen this trend on social media where I've noticed a lot of recruiters hopping on TikTok, hopping on Instagram, right? Sharing their stories. And the reason why they're finding success is because they're used to talking to people. They're used to expanding on their thoughts, thinking on the fly to quite frankly, market themselves to attract candidates in the door. If you put in recruiter into a system in the old days, it would be all right. They can look at resumes. They can, you know, click people through. They can make phone calls. They're probably pretty good with communication. Now it's all of these other inferred skills where you could be tech support because you're interviewing people across, you know, the, the country, right? And they're having issues with XYZ platform because they always meet on this platform or whatever that may be. Those are skills that that are added to a profile that could help them in their next career path. Am I way wrong with that? Like skills, I think, are changing so rapidly that the only way to keep up with them and, and create a skills ontology for your organization is to leverage artificial intelligence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going back to what you were talking about during the pandemic, where we were experimenting uh, remotely, um, a lot of people had to become more comfortable with video than ever before, yeah. right? And so uh, they couldn't hide behind just a phone, right? Uh, so uh, I think that that, like that, when you look at it from a recruiter standpoint, uh, like we have a woman here, Ellen Hughes, who um, she comes from a recruiting background also, and she is now in a solution consulting role because she's now developed these skills between, you know, being in front of a video and, and presenting to a, a group of people that you might not have, have presented that way before. It might've just been a phone call where you could mute it and you could look up stuff real quick, right? Yeah. Like now you gotta be buttoned up, mm -hmm. not that Ellen, Ellen is always buttoned <laughs> up, I don't um, But um, so there's something, there's a new skill that was learned that can now be applicable somewhere else. And you're right, who's, who's, who's manually making those assumptions? Yeah. Nobody, right? Cause it takes a, a huge amount of data to, to, to look through to say, okay, there's the trend. Let's make that inference. Let's get them over. Absolutely. And I think uh, to get back to kind of the career pathing aspect of this, 
um, most people change jobs because they're not happy, right? Like it, it is, it, it, they're not enjoying the role that they're in. So when I think of myself in, in my role, I wasn't happy cold calling, right? That, that's me personally. Some people love it. I see it online. They are happy to pick up the phone and do it. My wife is still in a, a sales industry. She loves it, right? It just wasn't for me. I found that when people kind of are stuck in a role that maybe they're not too happy with, they're hesitant to put down some of those skills because they don't want to be boxed in, right? Right from that. And I want to ask you from a perspective, I'm sure that not all of your jobs you were over the moon in love with, right? Um, but are there advantages to maybe being in a role where you can add skills that will help set you up for a new position like, like you found here at Phenom? I'm not going to ask you if you hated any of your jobs, but I'm sure there's one. Is there an example where you may have taken a skill from something you didn't anticipate and are now applying it to your you know, senior level director role? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because I think you're right. I think sometimes, just like you said, people will go work at a company just to have that company on their resume. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes some people will take a position because it has a certain title or certain uh, yeah. it's in a certain department because mm -hmm. ultimately they want to end up somewhere in that department, yeah. right? So, um, so I, I think that I, I think that that happens a lot, and I think that that's. I think it's important for, as you said, for people to understand that that happens, mm -hmm. but that it's not something that you should use at, view as a detriment yeah. because you're constantly learning, mm -hmm. right? And and even if you aren't remembering all the great things that you did, the machine is, yeah. right? So when you, e even though you might have hated cold calling, that skill set is is there, mm -hmm. and whether you're proficient at it or not could be argued. <laughs> But the skill set is there, and um, even though uh, you might not want to put it on a resume because you're looking for a different path, the, yeah. the machine knows it can help say, well, he did this, and this is applicable to this yeah. because. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we don't just see it in, in the traditional office environment either. I have a, a colleague um, who his brother's a policeman, right? Um, thank you for your service. But while he was going through the academy, um, there were a number of his, his counterparts that were there who had no aspirations to become policemen. They were trying to get their EMT certification and those, you know, kind of certifications in order to become firemen, right? Um, where we see people may take positions that it doesn't align with their end goal. They may take that, you know, business development role because it doesn't, and they don't want to become a sales executive or anything along those lines, but they want to add some of those skills to their resume or land and expand in within an organization, which I think is exciting for a company, right? To have a reputation where it's, hey, we're you're going to come here, do this particular role, but we're going to offer you something as well that's more than just a paycheck at yeah. the end of the day, right? Yeah. Um, so I it, it just I got a little off topic there. I know you wanted to ask me some questions as well, so I'll hand no, the floor back. No, over it's you. okay. I I actually it's funny because I didn't. Um, I was an engineer when I started. Yes. Uh, and now I can't imagine being an engineer <laughs> again. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you take, you, you know, yeah. you take what you, what you learn from that and it, and, and you help, uh, it helps build your career. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I do have questions and I wrote them down. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I can't write. <laughs> he doesn't even have a pen anymore. <laughs> um, so, Let's talk about 
your role after um, just to just to kind of draw a line from your skills. Yeah. So you were an SDR. Yep. You start doing some of these social posts and things like that, mm -hmm. and you didn't leap right to social director. Nope. You stopped in the middle, yep. right? And where'd you stop? I stopped at product marketing management. Yes, you did. Yeah. And so, um, so tell us a little bit about that journey from SDR to product marketing. Um, I think the, the journey itself, um, to your point, it's not a traditional leap, right? Um, but the skills that I learned from being in business development uh, were easily applicable. I was on the phone every day talking about our product, understanding how to pitch it uh, essentially to end users, right? And I had come from a background of recruiting. So I spoke their language a little bit, um, maybe not fluently, but I could I could get to the train station and to the the nicest restaurant in town, and then then leave and fly home. Um, but that transition, um, I think, was easier for me because I was fluent in the technology, right? I knew how to talk about it, which is what product marketing is, right? So I used memes and used social media to kind of get attention for us, which was still a sales tactic for me. I wasn't doing it to try and boast my own resume. But I, I caught the attention of product marketing. I had traveled to some of our events and things like that, which is a huge aspect of marketing, as we know. So I got to see the inner workings there. And I traveled as you know somebody who would scan leads. Um, we all will see those next week. You and I will see those next week at, at HR Tech. Um, but that was the, the transition for me and why it was applicable. It's not a traditional career path, but because I was marketing our product already from a sales capacity when it came to hopping on webinars or starting TXL or any of those things. I was already doing that just now the format has changed. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and I think it's especially applicable because as somebody who's cold calling, you need to get the value across as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And when you move into product marketing, that automatically becomes a skill that you can leverage because it's like, yeah. all right, what is the best pitch that I can give to our SDRs and to our sales team yeah. so that they can eight second value it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing is, and so along the same lines of uh, of SDR, I one of my early jobs uh, when I was in college was I had to call alumni and ask them if they would like to contribute mm -hmm. to, um, which, you know, as a 19 year old um, getting abused by 40 and 50 year old <laughs> folks on the phone yep. was uh, it was. But being an SDR, being in those types of position also, I think, gives you thick skin. Yeah. And so it equips you for something like this, where mm -hmm. we are talking to millions. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least thousands on a weekly basis. At People least, don't get right. Credit. Well, Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, yeah, shout so, out to Tom. Uh, but yeah. But so, so, right. And so I agree with you that it wasn't a traditional uh, path to take, but those some of those skills that you learned, when you look at it at just the skill level, yeah. Certainly makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, those totally would work in product marketing versus looking at it at a title level, right? And that's mm -hmm. when we talk about navigating career paths and navigating the skills uh, landscape. That's kind of what we're talking about: is that you are no longer just a collection of titles; you are now also these skills. And so, you as a as an employee, I think, need to think about that. But organizations really need to think about that. If you're still looking at job titles, then you're you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. I, I want to tie it into kind of a sports analogy, right? You look at you know, somebody like 
the Joel Embiid or Giannis Antetokounmpo, these mammoth human beings who are traditionally would be just centers, right? They would stay in the key, rebound like Shaq did back in the day. But they've collected this plethora of skills where now we watch basketball, it's positionless. You see the same thing in football where there are quote-unquote weapons, right, who can play from the running back position, who can play from wide receiver. If I'm getting too analytical with sports, I apologize. But I'll apply it back to you know human resources and really jobs as a whole. Positions are changing, right? I think everyone looks at their team and rather than looking for a title, they're looking for A players, right? Our our boss, Jonathan Dale, talks about it all the time where it's, I'm looking for somebody who's willing to step up and maybe do something that's out of their comfort zone, not because I like to see them struggle in any ways, but I want to see what they're capable of. I want to add those skills to that individual so that if they do plan on graduating from Phenom or do plan on taking their career elsewhere, they can roll with, quite frankly, any of the punches, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what is tossed at them, they're not going to panic under pressure. And I think that's where work as a whole is headed, where people are less attracted to job title and more attracted to what skills is this person going to bring? What is our department missing? Is it a videographer that can also do a little bit of Photoshop or can also create their own content? You're not going to find that in a particular job description, right? It doesn't exist. I've right. it. <laughs> Sorry, I've for been it. searching for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, here, here yeah, at Phenom. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. um, but I think, it, it, quote unquote, positionless workers, right? There will always be positions where I think there have to have specific titles. But as we shift towards internet culture, working from home, working from the office, cross-department cross functionality, it's turning into positionless work, right? It, yeah. it sounds awful to say it that way. So marketing will have to work on the, the naming there. We'll edit this part. Yeah, uh, but but that's where I think it's we're truly headed. Yeah, well, it's like, uh, to go back to your sports an analogy, yeah. it's like uh, Moneyball. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Can he get on base? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, well, we, we, he doesn't play first base. Yeah. We'll teach him to play first base. All we care is can he get on base, <laughs> yes. right? So, mm -hmm. right, it's very skills oriented and that's, like the title part of it can, in a lot of cases, can be taught. Yep. You were not a traditional product marketer, nope. but you came on because you had skills that could, you could leverage to do product marketing. I, I don't think I've been a traditional anything, if we're being honest, John. It's <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we're headed that way in, in the future. And you see it even at the sea level, right? Where, you know, folks are out giving TED talks and out, you know, pitching organizations point of views to customers, to clients, to prospects. I don't think that was ever traditionally in sea levels things. I mean, you watch movies from back in the seventies and eighties, all they did was drink scotch in their office and fly on private jets. Now they're, you know, on the ground floor, they're working with people. They're, you know, talking with entry level folks. They're doing all of this. Um, that isn't in their job title or job description. Yeah. And, like that is really the the human side of giving people visibility, yeah. mm -hmm. right? That is the the human side of this is our culture. You have opportunity here, yeah. um, and so you know I think our main point here is like don't for you know don't skip on the human side, yeah. but don't forget to supplement the human side with some technology that can help people get there. Right? Abs <laughs> absolutely, I mean I think. Technology is the only way that it's it's going to be possible, 
right? Um, because it's all changing so fast. Generative AI wasn't even a thing six months ago. Now we're going to see skills where it's prompt for generative AI, right? Where it's uh, image creation through Midjourney or whatever you know that that may be. That wasn't a thing ever right i didn't think it was ever going to be a thing but we're we're here now right and um I, we talk so much around content i think as a whole uh, where you know, there's webinars coming up about it we have speaking sessions where uh, it's creating content to bring in talent acquisition that turns into creating content to retaining employees that turns into you know creating content for growing your your position I think everyone across every business is quite frankly a content creator. Um, whether you're in customer success, you're typing up emails. That email can easily be a video now because we're all mm -hmm. used to being on Zoom and things like that. So I'll hand the floor back over to you before I ramble any any further. No, but I think I think it's an important point. And I think you know, it all comes back to would somebody have said at the beginning of your career journey, hey Devin. Here's where you're going to go next, and it's got to be product marketing. And then you, yeah. after your sabbatical, <laughs> here's where you get it right. Like, yeah, just try to like think about it from that perspective. Could somebody like could somebody have sat there and been like, okay, I think this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. This yeah. is an opportunity. You know, it was a, you know, it was a collection of exposing skills, yeah. networking, which is always an important uh, element to uh, to career growth. Um, and you know, just a little bit of luck, right? Yeah. So it's also I, I I don't know from your perspective, or from my perspective, it's challenging to have those conversations where I don't want to, you know, potentially take the next step in this this role, right? Um, where technology could alleviate some of that as you input your skills and kind of map out where you'd like to go or see if you want to jump from sales into marketing, you know, what skills you have to hone in on in order to make that happen, right? Um, which then when you sit down with your manager, whoever it may be, the conversation becomes a little bit easier. Um, not because they know where you want to go, but you can say, hey, I have aspirations to get into the marketing department. I know I'm missing in these sort of skills and areas. Can you help facilitate that, you know, conversation for me? Is there any sort of things I can gig work remember we talked about gig work for forever are there any sort of gigs that i can pick up along the way to to add those to my tool belt yeah and i think it's it's um that what the technology also does is it gives visibility across the organization so some employees are scared to apply for internal jobs because they feel like their manager will get upset yeah right and then they're gonna get fired <laughs> right um but if you have that skill visibility across the organization yeah. then the hr team understands like okay here is this person that could be a good fit here maybe i can help them along the way yep. and honestly managers have that visibility too everyone's speaking from the same language right yep. it's not it's not qualitative at this point it's more quantitative and data driven mm -hmm. and so i think you know it just it helps across the board it not only helps you to see what opportunities are available but it helps other people help you you. Yeah. Help a billion yes. is where you were going That's with that. Yes, going, ab yes, absolutely. Um, no, and I, I think it, it stems back to, to company culture or, or purpose, right? Like uh, you have to have those, I wouldn't say ground rules, but kind of examples of folks where it's, all right, 
you can spend a year in this role. You can spend two years in this role and then we'll, you know, look for your next position, right? Or, or something. I don't think either of us are encouraging folks to go apply for a role and then two weeks later be like, all right, I'm going to hop ship and jump to each de department, which is, I, I think, a fair question to, to kind of segue into. And I know we're probably getting up on, on time here, but um, this is a great conversation, so we can go all day. Uh, how, we started late. Yeah, we did. We so, did start late. Yeah. The, the jerk before us. <laughs> Playing with house money. Yeah. Um, how long were you in each of your, your roles? Because uh, I think that's a, an interesting question for the non-traditional career path, right? Most of the time, you know, people may spend two, three years, um, you, four years, four, four years, four roles, four roles. So, so I, I mean, I was fortunate when I first joined that I was um, promoted pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, but then I spent uh, roughly two years in in the other roles. Mm -hmm. So my current role, I've been here for three months. Yep. Right. Still, mm -hmm. still fresh and new. Um, but, you know, going back to what you said about gigs and projects, that's an interesting way where people can um, experiment, can uh, can participate in other areas of the company without necessarily moving. Because I, you know, I, I agree with you. You can't, two weeks in, it's not, if you're posted for jobs and something's probably wrong <laughs> and no career pathing tool is probably going to help you. <laughs> no, no. So, um, but project work and, and, and participating in, in, in other areas of the organization is something that you could do while you're doing your, your quote unquote day job. Yeah. Um, and, and really, uh, experience all those other different areas of the company. So, you know, it doesn't have to be so black and white that you're in this position and then you're in this position, yeah. right? And as we talked about, uh, you use the term uh, positionless. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it is. Your, your, your title is your title, but ultimately it's your set of skills and how can I, you know, selfishly use them as a manager of another department? Yeah. How can the organization use them? How can you use them mm -hmm. to leverage yourself into future opportunities? Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, I want to ask you a, a, kind of a strange question, but we we talked a little bit before about, you know, roles that you may not have enjoyed previously. You said, yes, that there have been skills. I think you used an engineering as an example that you can apply to your current role today. I want to ask you from a personal level, because this is about company culture, right? And, and creating an area where employees want to grow and they want to change departments and they want to add different skills. They want to be there for the long haul. Have there been skills where you've learned at work and you've been able to apply them to your personal life or, or things like that? Because I don't think that's talked about enough when we discuss jobs, right? We talk about how we spend more time with our you know colleagues than our families. We didn't in 2022, 2021, whatever. But we're, we're sort of getting back to that time frame where we spend a lot of time with the people that we work with and doing work. Are you able to, you know, apply some of those skills to your personal life that maybe would help somebody stick it out in an organization or not an organization, a position, excuse me, uh, for a little bit longer before they find that dream role? Yeah, I have, I can give you two examples that I think are super helpful. <laughs> uh, the first one is, um, project management and, uh, where I, where I've found that applicable is dealing with, uh, contractors when you're having work done on your house. Um, because, uh, I find that a lot of them are very nebulous about what's going to happen when, and when, when they're going to be done. Mm -hmm. So, um, being involved with project management at work has allowed me to kind of go back to those folks and say, okay, let's talk about this a little bit differently. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And even set milestones with it, right? Okay, like 
yeah, you're going to be done in the spring. How about when is this door going to be in? So yeah. I, it stops raining in the living room, right? So um, I think that's that's a big one. Yep. Uh, and then I will tell you that uh, being a manager of people does give you skills for being uh, a parent. <laughs> and probably vice versa. <laughs> no, I'm not, not I'm saying that anyone that reported to yeah. me was childish, but <laughs> um, I think being a manager of people and and understanding that um, like there's another side to a conversation, yeah. right? And that, that that you need to be open to other people's input of what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. As a parent, like that's sometimes you're like, I'm doing it, right? I, right. But you know, the, uh, you, you you get a very healthy relationship with your kid if you're like, listen, can you give me some direct feedback? Can you <laughs> can you enter lattice and give me some yes. direct feedback on whether the punishment I gave you was <laughs> was fair? Right. Um. That's I I I love that and it, managing and parenting. I heard this on a an episode of TXL hmm. a, a few years ago. Hmm. Um. They're the two things where it's socially accepted that because you've been managed, you can manage right. Because you've been parented, you can you can parent, um, and there isn't really training for for either of them. There's management training, and you can take classes for parenting, but you have to get your hands dirty. You have to to do some of those things, which ties back into um, you know figuring out what works for you and and what your role is. Um, the last question that I want to ask you, and then I'll, I'll let you ask me any final thoughts or any questions that you may still have, is. When we talk about career pathing, it's easy to say, yeah, I zigzagged my way through my career. I want to ask you, has your goal for where you want to end up or your aspirations changed along the way as well? When you were an engineer, did you you know, want to take that trajectory to senior engineer or wherever it may end up? Um, and then you figured out that wasn't for you and then you shifted. Um, and what does that look like from a, a mental perspective, right? Where you may go into an interview and say, hey, I want to xyz position i want to be cmo one day um but things change right how, how does how does that go about yeah it's funny because i um couldn't wait to, to be done college like i was done going to class and taking tests and stuff like that right but um as as i as i've aged uh <laughs> the um the desire to keep on learning and like just picking up new things has kind of uh, reared its ugly head again. And so while if, when I first started my career, I might've said things like, I want to be a CTO or CEO or things like that. I, it, my perspective has changed because I'm more interested in like, I'd like to learn more about social media. I'd mm -hmm. like to learn more about SEO and what that, right. I'd like mm -hmm. to learn more about creating digital content, that, yeah. you know? So it, for me, it's been a shift more into, you know, less about what's my next title going to be and more about, okay, what things can I learn to, to keep my job interesting every day? Yeah. Right. So, um, I talked to a sales guy a long time and not to disparage sales. Right. Mm -hmm. We already, we already made that disclaimer, but, um, he told me, he was, he told me, he's like, I did all my hard work in the first five years of my career. And then I've just been rinse and repeating at every company. I go to. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> but for me, it's just like, I, I like the challenge of, okay, what's going to happen today. And do I even know how to make it happen? Yeah. Right. No, that, so that makes sense. It's funny that you, you mentioned you, you just, we're done with college. Um, I was as well. I remember walking into my career office at shout out flag college. And they said, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? 
and I told them that I wanted to wear a suit every day to work. Um, and now I, I dress like this to, to work. So things change, aspirations change, um, and goals change, right? I two as little as two years ago, if you would have asked me, um, that I would be in social media working on that, I probably would have told you no. Right. And it's, I loved product marketing management, yeah. but I found a new passion along the way working within a, a marketing team. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, you got anything for me? I got one last question for yeah, you. Then we, do we have time? We got time. We got all day. So now like you are, um, you have a young child. Yes. Right. Uh, so, uh, as a father, what is your career advice going to be to your child? Oh, um, Luckily, she's only two, so I have I have a little uh, bit of time. Two or three years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think it's uh, to to find what you're passionate about. Don't be afraid to uh, experiment with with roles, um, because I you know I I look at you know some people who who may have mentored me in the past who who hated their job. Right. Um, Money is an easy thing to attract folks, but what's that old expression? You know, if you love what you do, you never you never work a day in your life. Um, I think there's a happy balance there, right? Find a role that is able to keep you happy, healthy, and comfortable, but um, also pay the bills, right? Uh, I, I don't need her to try and become a TikTok influencer or something like that. Um, so that's that's where it would be. It's it's get you know education, um, and even that is different than it was you know pre previously. Um, and be happy with what you do, but don't be afraid to, to change roles. Don't be afraid to, to change jobs. Hopefully you find a company where you're willing to stay the long, the long yeah. haul. Think about the fact that TikTok influencer could be a major at college. Yeah. <laughs> influencer, I think is a major at some schools, yeah, yeah, but then yeah. again, so it was like uh, Hogwarts. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that industry is quite frankly booming right now. Um, and plus, I, my daughter's going to be a soccer star, so I don't have to worry about this. Easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> Project Mbappe. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think it's it's a fair point, and um, it's something that we all have to self-reflect on, right? Is It may not be your child. It may not be you know even a family member. It just might be somebody close to you. And the skills that you learn along your career will help you have conversations with significant others, with parents who may be frustrated at work or wherever it may be. I've had, you know, career advice conversations with my dad where he shared things and I've shared things with him from my experiences. He's a UPS truck driver. He does not care about HR tech or anything along those lines. Um, but at the end of the day, when we look at work, it's a people business, right? You are working with colleagues. You are working with upper management. You are working with all of these folks and you have to be able to utilize your skills uh, to, to grow and, and find the position that makes you happy, healthy, and, and also keeps a roof over your head. Absolutely. All right. I think I'd put a nice little bow on that right you, there. I think you, yeah, you wrapped <laughs> it up nicely. Awesome. Um, you might have a new skill. Yeah, I, <laughs> let's add it there. Um, John, this, this conversation has been one of my favorites. I have a list of questions written behind the camera. I think I asked two of them. I yeah, I don't. Yeah, you pulled out your phone. Um, we got a little flustered this, there for a moment. Is, but... This was Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, still a thing. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I don't believe so, but okay. they're still selling ads. I'm sure someplace. <laughs> um, this has been a, an absolute blast. Uh, we're both going to be at HR Tech next week. Stop we by will the booth. be. Yes. If you are there, um, you did a lot to put on AI Day as well. So head on over to phenom.com where you can learn about AI Day as well as. Um, the upcoming events. It's right on the, the banner up there. And in the meantime, I hope everybody has a happy, healthy, 
fantastic Thursday. John, I wish you nothing but the best. I know I've, I've taken up all of your time. Um, and we'll see you next Thursday. Yeah, sounds good. Everybody stay safe. Yeah, all right. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster. Employees evolve in their current roles and beyond. Recruiters achieve some next level productivity and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. 